Hello, this is Kenny Williamson, and welcome back to another episode of McKill's Deck Chronicles. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing the five surprises that you'll get when you get to hell. Now, of course, we're hoping that everybody listening to this podcast is going to heaven. However, if you are not saved, you're not going to get to go to heaven. You're going to get to go to hell. So, let's get right into this. In Hebrews 12, 29, the Bible says, For our God is a consuming fire. Now, I don't know how much you hear anything like that talked about or preached on in your average everyday church. Most of the preaching that I've ever heard my entire life, they basically preach God is love. Like in 1 John 4, 8. You know, God loves you so much and he cares for you so much. It seems to me that most Christians I know are what you could call lovesick or something to that effect. It seems they have to have someone say that they love them all the time. Now, I personally think that once in a while, every sinner needs a good bawling out and a good straightening up. I mean, it's not all love, right? But having said that, yes, God is love. I believe that. I mean, the Bible does say that God is love. I believe, like in John 3.16, for God so loved the world. You know, I believe 1 John 4.18, that perfect love casteth out fear. So, yes, God is love, and I do believe all that. However, that has nothing to do with what we are talking about here. Here we are talking about God landing you in hell. So, if you're saved... Perfect love does casteth out fear. Okay, I believe that. If you're saved, you shouldn't be afraid of going to hell. You shouldn't be you shouldn't even really think that much about it. I mean, you're saved, so you're you're safe. Now, that does not mean you shouldn't fear God. I still believe you should fear God even though you're not in fear of going to hell. So, like I said earlier, I'm going to talk about five surprises in hell. And now, if I'm talking to somebody who is on their way to hell now, um, you know, I hope you take a warning and do what you have to do and what you better do to stay out of hell. I have come up with five surprises that you may get when you get to hell. Now, here on earth, you have heard hell ridiculed and made fun of probably your whole entire life, just as I have. You have heard people spiritualize hell, kind of like the late Billy Graham and the Pope. They say that hell is not fire at all. It's just separation from God. Well, I would have to say that that is probably a lie. You see, every man, woman, and child on this earth was born separated from God. Ephesians 2, 3 says that when you came into this world, you were by nature a child of wrath. You were from Adam. You are in Adam, and you must be born again. That's in John 3, 7. So see, you are already separated from God at birth, just from your sin nature. So let's start off with number one. So the first surprise you're going to get 
when you get to hell is that hell's there. I mean, it is the very fact that such a place actually exists. I mean, and you could have sworn that it didn't. The average worldling doesn't even believe in hell. You know, most people here on earth basically make fun of it. They say, hell this and hell that, you know, get the hell out of here, and what the hell do you want? It's used so much like that in common language, but after a while you just get used to it, and you don't even really stop to think about it. You see, you have heard hell ridiculed so much that you don't even believe that it's there. But, you see, what's going to happen one day is you're going to die, and you're going to wake up and bang, there you'll be, burning in hell. You see, people use hell as a cuss word all the time, and then they try to spiritualize it. For example, I read that Billy Graham and the Pope both have said that hell is just a separation from God. Now, is that right? I mean, the Bible says God is going to take all things that offend and them which do iniquity and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be a wailing and gnashing of teeth. So what furnace do you think that they're talking about there? I mean, casting into a furnace is the furnace of hell. And I think one of the reasons some people don't believe in hell is because they're reading a perverted Bible. For example, the ASV and other similar corrupt Bible translations, basically all is well because there is no hell. These corrupt versions took hell out of every single verse and place in the Bible. So every single place in the Bible that the word hell was mentioned, it's been removed. Now, sometimes in these perversions, it is said as Hades. Sometimes it says Sheol. Sometimes it says Gehenna. But the people who put out all these different translations, for some reason, got rid of the word hell. Just as quickly as they could, by the way. Um, in my opinion, if a person gets rid of hell as quickly as they did, um, it's probably because uh, they're going to hell themselves. So the first surprise when you get to hell is going to be that it's actually there when you thought that the place didn't even exist. So you're going to be shocked to find out there is a place and it's called hell. And then later on, after you've spent a long time in hell, you're going to wind up in the permanent lake of fire. And that's what the Bible says in Revelation 20, 14, that hell will be cast into the lake of fire. That brings us to the second thing that you're going to be surprised about when you get to hell. And that is that you got to hell fast. Okay? How far away is hell anyway? Well, it's just one step away. King David said, there is but a step between me and death. So you better watch your step. If you don't watch your step, you will step down, and down into hell you'll go. You're going to be amazed at how fast you got to hell. 
I mean, you're here today and gone tomorrow. I think you're also going to be amazed at how fast you got there in spite of all the roadblocks. I mean, the Lord has put roadblocks in your way to keep you from getting there. Have you ever stopped to think about how many roadblocks there actually are on the way to hell? I mean, around here, there's a church basically on every corner. Now, those churches and those church bells and those vacation Bible schools, you've also got people who pass out tracts, and there's also FM Christian radio stations going all the time. Even this podcast are all roadblocks. So you have roadblock after roadblock to prevent you from going to hell. Now, these are all roadblocks that God has put out there all the way there. With all these different roadblocks put in place, basically what that means is you're not going to have any excuse or any alibi at all for not knowing about heaven and hell, especially here in America. I mean, right here and now in America, you can pretty much freely talk about heaven and hell, and you can freely attend a church or listen to an FM Christian radio station anytime you please. So basically, God has put these roadblocks in place, and if you do go to hell, well, it's going to be your fault. And of course, there are also, which I didn't mention, there's also prayers, the Holy Spirit, And Calvary. Those are pretty big roadblocks, right? I mean, how about Christ dying for your sins, according to the scriptures, and being buried and rising again? Isn't that a pretty big roadblock? I mean, after all, that's what Jesus dying on the cross was for, is to keep you out of hell. So, let's say you manage to get past all the roadblocks and you find yourself in hell anyway. Well, that's going to come to number three. So the third thing that's going to surprise you is that you got to hell with good intentions. I'm sure you've heard the old saying that the road to hell is paved with good intentions. I think you're going to find that there are millions of sinners in hell who had good intentions. They had every intention in the world of doing right. They are what you could call sincere people. They're perfectly sincere They actually think they are right by simply doing the best that they can. Maybe you actually believe that your good intentions would get you to heaven. I mean, a lot of people do. They figure if your intent is right and you're very sincere, that'll do it. But I'm here to tell you that is not going to do it. Okay? The good intentions are there. But good intentions are not going to solve the problem. So you say, well, what's the problem? Well, the problem is like a balloon. If you take a balloon and fill it with helium, it's going to go up. If you take a balloon and fill it with water, it's going to go down and hit the ground. That is all there is to this whole thing. It basically boils down to what is inside of you. And what I mean by that is, if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you're going up. If all you have is the old man in you, then you're going down. Like an express elevator to hell going down. 
So if you are not saved, you are going to burn in hell despite all of your good intentions. Okay. So that brings us to number four. So the fourth thing that is going to surprise you when you get to hell is how many good people are actually there. You are going to find people in hell who didn't drink, who didn't smoke, didn't cuss, didn't kill anybody, and they were just as lost as they could be. You see, I read that once a man was asked, do you think you are going to heaven when you die? The guy said, well, only God knows, but I have hope because I've never killed anybody or stolen anything. He'll be in hell before you know it. You see, that stuff won't keep you out of hell. In the Bible, a man doesn't go to hell for what he does. He goes to hell for what he doesn't do. He convicts the world of sin because they believe not on me. That's in John 16, 9, and that's what Jesus Christ said. So, it's not your sin, per se, that's going to get you to hell. It's the fact that you don't know Jesus Christ, you have not accepted his free gift of salvation, therefore, you will go to hell. So, when you get to hell, you're going to find people who were basically trusting their own righteousness. And you can't get to heaven by trusting your own righteousness. If you're trusting your own righteousness, you are pitting your righteousness against God's righteousness. Now, if you pit your righteousness against his, remember, he is a consuming fire, and you are going to pay for it. And you will pay for it by burning in hell from now on. You know, in hell... There is no yesterday or today or tomorrow. It's just one continuous thing. So when the time comes and you get to hell, and I hope you don't, but did you ever stop to think, who are you going to blame once you're there? I mean, you die, you wake up one day, and you find yourself burning in a pit. Who exactly do you blame? I mean, can you blame your family? I mean... I'm sure there is nobody in your family that wants to see you burn in hell forever. I mean, now, there may be a person in your family that wants to see you burn just for a little while, you know, but they're not going to want to see you burn forever. So you can't blame your family. I mean, you can't blame me. You can't say I didn't warn you about hell because obviously I'm warning you right now. Um, are you going to be able to blame God? I mean... The Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. That's 2 Peter 3.9. So you can't blame God. I mean, are you going to blame Jesus Christ? Think about that. You can't blame him. He came to earth, died on the cross, that you might have eternal life. So it's going to be kind of hard to blame him for it. But maybe you could blame the devil. Mm, that sounds like a pretty good one to blame. But... You know, can you really blame him either? I mean, he didn't make you go there, you see, because you have a choice. You didn't have to serve the devil. You were given a choice. You could follow the devil, yes, or you can follow the Lord Jesus Christ. So you do have a choice. 
I think that the only person you're going to be able to blame when you get to hell is yourself. You see, I'm betting after about 20 million years of burning, you're going to start regretting the decisions that you made, the decisions that led you not to get saved. I think you're going to start regretting that probably a whole lot sooner than 20 million years would be my guess. So that brings us to the fifth and final surprise that you're going to get when you get to hell. And that is that the torment never ends. Okay. So don't just expect to be in hell for a long time. That ain't the half of it. Okay. In the Bible, it says it's forever. Okay. It says, and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever, and they have no rest day or night. That's Revelation 14, 11. It says also, depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire. Everlasting. Get it? Like, everlasting life is everlasting life. Everlasting death is everlasting death. You get everlasting death from the same one, God, that you get everlasting life. Okay? So... God gives you either everlasting death or everlasting life. And, of course, I've heard people say when it comes to the hell, sending you to hell with your everlasting death, I've heard people say, you know, God just wouldn't do a thing like that. God wouldn't send anybody to hell because God is love. Well, do you want to bet on that? I mean, you are going to have to bet your soul. Are you willing to bet that hell isn't even there? Are you going to bet that God wouldn't do a thing like that? I personally betting that he will. I mean, some people are just blind, stupid, and ignorant. Um, they have no knowledge of God, no knowledge of sin, no knowledge of the payment for sin, and no knowledge of hell. They are just sinful, wicked men and women who are willingly ignorant, and they don't want to hear the word of God. Now, I personally don't think that's going to be an excuse, do you? Somebody who sits around and doesn't want to hear the Word of God and says, I don't need that stuff, I don't think there is a hell. Well, are you willing to take that bet with your soul? I mean, think about it. If you were to get saved right now, what's the worst could possibly happen? I mean, I personally think you probably have a lot better quality of life living for Jesus Christ than living for the devil. But that's just my opinion. So, I mean, I hope that you don't wind up in hell. But if you do, I believe that you're going to wish you had got saved before you died, before it's too late. I mean, getting saved is as easy as a step, and going to hell is as easy as a step. Any fool can do either one. I personally choose to step into heaven. So what do you choose? I mean, do you really want to take the chance on dying in your sleep like so many people do these days with this adult death syndrome they talk about? Sudden adult death syndrome? Do you really want to die in your sleep and go straight to hell or die in a car wreck? 
So, or anything really. I mean, you don't know when your last breath is coming. So you could die at any moment. You could go to sleep, never wake up. So in other words, what I'm trying to say is you don't have time to spare. You don't have any time to waste. If you are destined for hell because you're not saved, why not just go ahead and get saved? I mean, it's a 50-50 chance you're taking here. I mean, those those are some really good odds you could wind up in hell. So why not just get saved before it's too late? It's just as easy as a step. Anyway, thanks for listening. Again, this is Kenny Williamson with the McKill's Deck Chronicles. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, or anything like that, you can go to our website at mckillsdeckchronicles.org. You can also email us at truthseekers2012 at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and stay tuned for more episodes on McKill's Deck Chronicles.